0: But perhaps you're like many of us, whether you consider yourself a person of faith or not, and you have had times when you felt disappointed with God. Um, Maybe, you know, you've prayed your best prayers with passion and persistence and praise, and yet you felt that heaven really was silent. You know, you've been praying for people who are battling with health issues to be healed, with broken relationships to be restored, with jobs to be secured, uh, with debts that are kind of piling high or, or people that you know who are battling with anxiety. You pray this for your friends, for your family, for your neighbours, your colleagues. You pray those things for yourself. And yet it seems like not even a whisper from God. It, it seems that there's no answer or or worse still, you get an answer. But it's not the answer you wanted. It seems that God has said no. Like the person that you're praying for dies of their health issue, that the relationship is irreparable, the the job situation gets worse and is lost, debts creep higher, and what was a wave of anxiety in someone has now become a tsunami. And so that's why this week we're looking at this this whole subject of the pain and the disappointment and the frustration that we can all feel in the area of unanswered prayer and I want to encourage you to listen to the to the other teaching that I've done in the longer podcast that will be released today because in that teaching I'm going to look at the question like when God says no how do we respond to that but this morning I want to simply think for a few minutes about when God seems silent when God doesn't seem to be saying anything like you may have been praying for hours for days for weeks for months for years maybe you've been praying for decades and nothing seems to be changing or maybe you're living with a frustration where you've been praying for something with great passion and tears and someone else you know has been praying for something and and they can't get their answer and yet you're still living in the in-between where nothing seems to be happening and that You're in that place of like when you feel happy for them, but also just in agony for yourself. And one of the wonderful things about the Bible is the Bible isn't a stranger to those kind of questions. In fact, repeatedly throughout the scriptures, we see two questions come up literally all the time when people are faced with what appears to be the silence of heaven. And the first question, I know I've probably had this question, I'm sure you have, is simply this How long?
1: Yeah.
0: How long, God? Like there's a song in the middle of the Bible, Psalm 6, verse 3. It's a guy called King David. And he says, my soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Later in Psalm 13, verse 1 to 2, David again, he writes these words. How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Well, there's a guy called Habakkuk. And in a book that he writes in chapter one, verse three, he says, how long Lord must I call for help that you don't listen? You ever prayed a how long prayer? Or or, or raise that how long God? How long is this issue gonna go on for? Or probably even most commonly the second question that I think we've all wrestled with, was simply why, yeah. why? There's a guy in the Bible called Job and he, contends with tragedy in a level that I hope most of us never will. Death in the family, losing job, sickness, uh, a wife who leaves him. I mean, it's just like a a perfect storm in his life. And he tries to hold on to God in the midst of it. But of course, he's got questions. In Job chapter seven, verse 20, he says to God, why have you made me your target, God? like God you know I'm faithful you know I I love you I worship you I I I do the kind of religious things and, and yet like why have you picked on me in this in chapter 21 verse 7 he says why do the wicked live on growing old and increasing in power it's like he's saying like why do people who don't care about you God why are they doing better than me and I love you and I'm faithful to you and I'm the one who's struggling I know there are many of us who've asked those kind of questions Or again, another psalmist in Psalm 10 verse 1 says, why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourselves in times of trouble? What I love about the Bible is the Bible doesn't try to airbrush out these kind of questions. It's like the the writers of the Bible aren't trying. They they don't feel embarrassed for God. Mm. They, They want us to be real. In a brilliant book on unanswered prayer, God on you by Pete Gregg, the author writes this. Christians are quick to spread their glory stories, but disappointments tend to be brushed under the carpet because we don't want to discourage anyone at church or be a bad commercial at work. Mm. But God isn't like this. He doesn't get insecure about his performance and he never asks us to cover up for him. I love that. You know, God doesn't brush people's disappointments with him under the carpet. The Bible refuses to downplay our raw, brutal, honest emotions and questions that we feel in the face of unanswered prayer. And I find this like massively encouraging because what that tells me is that the God of the Bible, who is fully revealed in Jesus is not offended by the cry of my heart and my questions. He's, he's not insulted when I speak to him like this. He loves us. He knows that we're fragile and frail. Like he understands in our humanity that we will say how long, we will cry why. Um, last Saturday, my eldest son was 27 years old. How did that happen? But I, I remember when Dan and Andy were both toddlers and uh, the joy of the toddler tantrum. If you're a parent, you'll know what I'm talking about. Where just Kids are going absolutely crazy. And you, you kind of scoop them up into your arms and, and initially they fight against you with tears and words and their, their tiny hands beating against your chest is this physical explosion of the inner turmoil that they're feeling. And then eventually they're exhausted. Mm-hmm and their body slumps in your arms and they finally surrender so that you can calm them and comfort them and love them. And this picture is what we see constantly about how God is with us, that this God that that we believe in is a perfect loving father. I know some of us have had bad experiences of of parents, but, but God is a perfect loving father who wants to hold us in our pain he gives space for us to pour out our raw unfiltered emotions with him but he's waiting for that moment where we will surrender surrender to him and let him calm us and comfort us and love us there's a moment in the story of jesus where jesus walks up to jerusalem and he looks over the city the city of God's people and with deep sorrow, in Luke chapter six, verse 34, he says, "'Jerusalem, how I long to gather you together, like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. How I long to be your refuge in the storm, your comfort in the struggle, your hiding place. But you,' Jesus said, you were not winning. You would not let me comfort you." It reminds me of another verse, hundreds and hundreds of years earlier, written by a guy called Jeremiah. He was a prophet and he captures some similar words that God speaks over his people in that time. It seems that nothing has changed. He says this, Jeremiah 6, 16. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel the path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, God said, no. That's not the road that we want. It's like God is giving us this great invitation to come near to him, to draw near to him with our questions and frustrations and pain. And if we do that, we will find rest for our soul. But God says with sadness, like Jesus says over Jerusalem, that you reject my embrace. So the Bible makes it really clear that we can bring our disappointments and pain to him. We can do that in the unanswered moments but it also makes it clear that God wants to bring his love and comfort and hope to us too in those moments but whether we receive it is our choice. You see unanswered prayer can either drive you towards God or it can drive you away from God depending on the choice that you make. Unanswered prayer can either build your faith or it can blow up your faith. It's our Choice. Like as 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 we cry out to God our how long and our why prayers, as we wonder why God is taking so long to respond in the way that we want. Like I've learned something over the years, and it's this. I've learned that with God, slow doesn't mean no. Slow means grow. That with God, slow does not mean no, slow means grow. That like when we find ourselves in those spaces of unanswered prayer, that, that gap between the prayer offered and the prayer answered, whether it's days, weeks, years or decades in that space, in the hoping space, even when we feel that God is silent, God is always at work. In Psalm 121, God says that he never, ever sleeps. We can sleep. We can rest at night. We can get our eight hours because he is at work on our behalf, even though we don't see it. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 28, verse 20, that he will never ever leave us, even in the worst storms of life. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, Jesus says that if we choose to come to him, if we choose to draw close to him, that we will find rest and peace growing in our lives, even in the midst of the fiercest battles. In Isaiah 43, verse 2 to 3, God says that with him, he will bring us through the toughest times, the troubles that we're facing. Like Just like diamonds are forged in the fiery furnace, so too is godly character and hope and faith forged in the furnace of unanswered prayer as we make a daily choice and in my experience that's the only choice we can make a choice for today to trust in God despite the circumstance with God my friends slow doesn't mean no slow means grow God is wanting to draw something out of you draw the diamond out of you strengthen you there's a guy called Paul who wrote most of the New Testament and he speaks candidly and honestly about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 to 11. He says this, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Like get this, this is what he says. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, We stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely on God who raises from the dead. Notice that they're in this crisis moment. They feel like hope is lost and they make a choice. Will we rely on ourselves? Will we give up on God or will we rely on him even in the silence? And then he says this. And then he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We've placed our confidence on him and he will continue to rescue us. Elsewhere, Paul speaks in Romans 5, 3 to 5. He says how when we have problems, those problems can build endurance and that endurance can build our character. And that character building can build hope in us. And that hope that we have is directed to God. And that hope won't let us down because we know that God loves us. And he'll bring us through, even through death itself. Mm-hmm. Even if death finally takes us, that's not the end of the story. Right. He brings us through into life eternal in new creation. Mm-hmm. And so all this stuff, as I come to finish, this, this kind of makes me wonder, friends, like what's the bigger miracle? Is the big miracle when someone's healed of cancer. And trust me, like I want to pray with all the passion and energy and tears that I've got that people will be healed. That is a big miracle, a wonderful miracle. We pray for that. But is the big miracle also when the person is not healed, Mm. when the answer is not coming, and yet they're growing in trust, they're growing in hope, they still feel peace. They've not given up. They can feel the comfort and assurance of God even in the face of death. As I mentioned to you in the longer podcast, I'm going to talk to you from the story of Jesus in Gethsemane when the Father said, No to the biggest prayer he ever asked. And we'll think about how do we respond when God says no. But this morning is simply, what about when heaven feels silent? When you're in the waiting? And I know, I'm sure you know, Amy, those, those experiences of being in the waiting and just wondering, is God doing anything? They are excruciating. And, and as I close, I simply want to encourage you to do two things so simply. Two daily choices. Number one, surrender to love. Surrender to love, like whatever you're feeling, like that toddler in the arms of the father. Let God love you, let God calm you, let God comfort you. Surrender to love, even make that your prayer God, I don't get this, but I surrender to love. And secondly, surrender to growth. That, that it's not that God wants you to suffer, it's not that God enjoys any of that. But in the midst of your suffering and struggle, God is bringing out the diamond in you, drawing out the good in you, helping you to become more a person of peace and strength, as we'll discover in my other message, in your weakness, you will encounter his great strength. And so I wanna pray for us in this moment. In fact, I'm gonna ask you to pray in just a moment. Whatever you're going through, Whatever you're facing, whatever you're contending with, if you're in this moment where heaven feels silent, why don't we just take a moment to say, God, would you restore hope in my life? Why don't you pray so? Much?
1: Yeah. I wonder if we just might want to just position ourselves in that response. It's just a good thing to put our hands like this, just to expect an encounter with God right now as we're in this moment. So, Father God, We just simply invite you into this space, all the questions, all the doubts, all the sorrow, all the struggles. And we just say, come, have your way in our hearts right now. Have your way in our minds. And would you lovingly as our Father, help us God to submit ourselves into your arms, trusting that your way is the best way. Believing that in the middle of all of this, God, that you are present, that you have a way forward, that you are truth and that you are life. And as our hands are up before us, God, we just simply ask that you fill us, God, for this, with the strength, the courage, the wisdom and the hope to position ourselves well in this life of faith Hmm. and to pitch our tent. In the land of hope,
0: Mm.
1: may we hold on swervingly, God, because we know that you are faithful in the midst of it all. Yeah. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. You you may be listening to this and you really feel you're contending Mm. with something that is just so hard. And uh, we may know you, we may not know you, but God knows you. And we care about you because God cares about you.